Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. It is time now for Why It Matters. Uh, in the space of a week, two of the three expected retail digital banks have launched in Singapore. Trust Bank opened last Thursday, while GXS Bank made its services available to a select group within the Grab and Singtel ecosystem the day before. So that leaves C's Digital Bank, Maribank, to announce its offerings. Now, GXS has said it's targeting the Gen Z demographic. Trust, on the other hand, uh, says it wants to hit a wider demographic. So how do these products stack up against what's already in the market? And do they have what it takes to succeed? Well, let's uh, find out more uh, from Seth Wee, the founder of Financial Blog and YouTube channel, Seth is Fi. Good morning, Seth. Hey, morning. Hi. So I guess to start things off, now that these have been announced, uh, <laughs> have you signed up for them yet? Yeah, I've definitely signed up for Trust, which launched a few days ago. Uh, GXS, I think they are launching later today, so haven't had the chance to play with it yet. But looking forward to starting an account later when they launch. Mm, quite a lot of buzz around this, especially with GXS getting the ball rolling last week. A tie between Grab and Singtel, it says it conducted focus groups and extensive research into what Gen Z customers want from a bank. Now, how much does this offering speak to you? I mean, walk us through what stood out for you. For GXS specifically, and uh, I think Trust, for, for the digital banks, I think, uh, I like that they are app-first experiences. Right? So they launch with an app, you can do everything on their app, uh, which I think is really relevant to people like us these days who don't like to do our things at the bank branch. Right? And they're also promising things like 24-7 customer service. So I think uh, those are things that are really quite good for people who are internet-connected these days. Your thoughts on, you know, choosing to target only Gen Z, you know, in a world where everything, as you mentioned at the end, everything's so interconnected and overlapping, is this a mm. right move in your opinion? I think it is uh, a smart move because if you were to go head on with the traditional banks, you probably have to compete on things like interest rate, yeah. the amount of services you provide, the kind of products you provide. And I don't think that new banks can necessarily go up against the traditional banks in that regard. So I think by going on things that they're strong at, like uh, being a very app-centric experience, I think that is actually a very smart move for the digital banks to, you know, to mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Seth, let's talk about Trust Bank. I mean, this, of course, encompasses NTUC's ecosystem. We're looking at things like insurance, supermarket customers, unions. Uh, what are some of the highlights for you? Uh, I think that the app so far is well-designed, and that's a good start. Uh, and I think they also have a pretty okay rate of 1% per annum. Uh, I'd like to see it higher, but mm. I think for a start, it's fine because it has no conditions. You don't have to credit your salary. You don't have to make a minimum spend. So I think 1% is great. Uh, it goes up to 1.4% with some easy conditions. So I think that's okay. And also, they launched with a sign-up goodie, so I think uh, that's <laughs> something that... Yeah, a lot of people uh, like and uh, yeah, they are giving out like fair price vouchers, even free rice, <laughs> those sort of things. Yeah, which I, I guess that's what happens when fair price starts a bank. <laughs> I mean, if we look at both, I mean, we've talked about some of the highlights, right? Very generically or generally rather, who do you think make the biggest splash? I mean, announcing one day apart. 
I think TrustBank made the bigger impact, positive impact at least, because they launched and they released all their features and details. Everybody could try it you know, mm. on day one. Whereas I think GXS had a bit of a rather unclear messaging because I think when they had all the pre-launch news, I think people actually focused on the 0.08% rate, uh, which is actually quite low, even though they did say that they had rates as much as 1.58%. So I think they had a bit of a muddy messaging there. Okay. Yeah, so okay. yeah, you'll see more when they launch later today. Okay, well, I mean, since we're starting to kind of talk about what they've missed, right? Talking about GXS, uh, what were some of the misses for you? I did think, though, that they've got these personalization options for saving goals. So as a customer, you can create sort of savings pockets. We talked a little bit about the interest rates, which uh, you, you clarified. What do you think were some of the misses, though? I think they could have communicated a little bit better on what they're offering because I think when the news first broke, most people just focused on the 0.08%. And I think the other number that was focused on was the $5,000 balance, which is also relatively low and, you know, coupled with the low interest rate. I think people just thought it was going to be a bad product. But Mm -hmm. yeah, even though there's a 1.58% rate, I, I think we have to see what conditions that entails. And I think... They could have communicated their features better or just launch the product and let people try it rather than, you know, go on the news and then uh, read some hints here and there. And then people just not really sure what the product is. Yeah, I would have thought that, you know, targeting the Gen Z with this whole idea of uh, savings pockets, you know, your customized savings pockets or perhaps targeted at maybe more of a gig economy, that would have got more attention from them. But it doesn't seem so at the moment. At the moment, uh, at least in my community, uh, there's not much uh, focus on GXX. In it, but yeah, mm-hmm. You seem to like TrustBank a little bit more and, and you have played with the product a little bit. Tell us what were some of the misses for TrustBank. Oh, so far, my experience with the in-app chat is a little bit disappointing. They are promising round-the-clock service, but when I message them, they take about an hour to reply. Uh, which is fine, actually, but there's no notification. So by the time they have replied, uh, I, I didn't notice and ended the conversation. So uh, I'll talk this up to uh, like a launch, uh, you know, peak. Because they have, they have maybe two, two customers right now. But I think that's a little disappointing. Uh, also, I think the credit card offering is a bit confusing. Right? It sounds fantastic, 21% rebate. But if you really dig through the terms and conditions, you see a lot of limits, a lot of requirements doesn't really instill a lot of confidence when you name yourself trust and then <laughs> you say 21% and then, oh, actually, here are the list of terms and conditions. Right, right. So I would say that that's quite a miss on that part. I mean, if we were to look at these new products, naturally, uh, you'd want to see how it snacks up with what's on the market right now. I uh, want to get your opinion on this. Plus, do you think the big three banks would likely reject the products that they have on offer? I think the banks will feel some pressure to make their services more user-friendly. And, um, you know, like even things like their app, how user-friendly their apps are, but also how they treat their customers because are they going to ha- uh, have all kinds of fees? You know, Trust yeah. Bank actually has come out and say, okay, we're not going to have annual fees, no Forex fees, no account closure fees. So I think all these fees, um, as a consumer, I'm quite sick of because every now and then I get one of these fees in my statement. I'm like feeling that you're just trying to make extra bucks from me. So I hope that banks actually feel the pressure to reduce some of these fees, uh, become more user-friendly 
and also consider you know having helplines that you can you know contact any hour of the day rather than just office hours. Mm. Too much emphasis on I don't know. You've got these chatbots which have been proven useful. In your opinion, and it's a very generic question, right? I mean, do you think banks need to do more, or what can banks do more in terms of adding that personal touch? We don't even go to a bank anymore. We don't even see a bank teller anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the other day I had to close a bank account in person at the bank branch. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think uh, that is quite astounding because it's year twenty twenty. Too, right, yeah, so yeah. I would expect at least to make more things doable online uh, mm. if they want to compete with the digital banks, uh, which you know you can. I, I assume you can do everything online with a digital bank. So, yeah, traditional banks have to evolve. I think uh, because nobody wants to be a bank, you know, during office hours yeah. <laughs> just to get some stuff done. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. I remember the days where, like, if you don't go to the bank before four thirty, you can't draw out money. Wow, that's a long time ago. But Seth, I mean, looking at C's, a Mary Bank, that's yet to launch. I mean, imagine we're working for them right now. What kind of gaps should this bank look at? What kind of gaps can they fill? I think when it comes to banks, banks actually, aside from offering uh, accounts and credit cards, they tend to distribute financial products like investment and insurance. So I, I don't really have a good opinion of, you know, banks currently because they tend to sell very high margin products to people yeah. to underserve their needs. So I hope digital banks will be a bit more enlightened in this regard and you know sell good products like you know term policies, mm. low cost investments, rather than the usual uh, high commission products that banks and you know financial consultants tend to sell. Mm. Yeah. So I think that would be a good start to address a market gap. Yeah, because I think a lot of young people they're actually more savvy now. They just want to buy those products but it's very hard to find. Not, you know, mm. places to transact. Mm. Seth, I suppose to round up, I mean, it's still very early days for digibanks, especially here in Singapore. In your opinion, where do you see the evolution of digibanks here in Singapore, say over in the next five years? Uh, I think they will become more dominant and mm. definitely take some market share from the traditional banks. Uh, I think there are people who are really quite fed up with the <laughs> traditional uh, mode of banking. If, if I were to stand in another queue for another hour I know. at a bank branch, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just you know switch all over to digital banks. So yeah. I, I think over the next five years, you'll see uh, digital bank taking market share away from traditional banks who, of course, in turn might respond, might set up their own. I mean, Standard Chartered uh, you know, is behind trust, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, it will evolve to a stage where that will become the default banking type, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, yeah or at least start to, to move towards that direction. Yeah, hey, you know, even uh, the older generation now is uh, very in tune with a simple thing like pay now. You know, and how can that progress? We'll, we'll see, of course, in years to come. Seth, really appreciate your time and your insight this morning. Seth, we founder of financial blog and YouTube channel, Seth is fine. Uh, Seth, thank you again. Take care and have a good yeah, day. Thanks for having me. Yeah, see you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.